As we continue in our Grow series today, we're going to take a look at how God calls our faith to grow by putting it into practice. So let me begin by asking you a question. What would happen if you eat large quantities of food over a long time span and don't exercise at all? It's obvious, right? You won't be too healthy. You'd get obese. I'd like you to consider a concept called spiritual obesity for a couple moments. Think with me about Christians who who go to church regularly. They listen to Christian music. They have a Bible study together. They they have a a steady diet of spiritual food. And this is awesome, by the way. But if they don't put it into practice, what they learn or burn off those spiritual calories, what happens? They become spiritually overweight. In Christian Today's online article on spiritual obesity, the author said it this way. It's not enough that we receive nourishment from God's word. We, we should exercise what it says, too. You see, God intends for us to actually burn off our spiritual calories by doing what his word says. First chapter of James, verse 22, says, Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Faith is a God-given gift, and God's word is intended to nourish us daily. We also need to exercise our faith. Faith without works leads to lethargy and apathy and obesity. We need to regularly put our faith into action, just like a physical workout. A spiritual workout should hurt a little. It should tire us out to some extent. No pain, no what? No gain. I'd like to challenge you today to assess your spiritual health, and I want to take the role of a personal trainer of sorts, encouraging you to exercise your faith. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we open your word, help us to open our hearts and minds to you speaking to us. Teach us. Nourish our faith, Lord. We need to be spiritually fed. And then help us put into practice what your word says in our daily lives. Show us how to spiritually exercise. Holy Spirit, lead us in Jesus' name. Amen. Please open your Bible on your phone, your iPad, on the computer, or the good old one with the paper pages, Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 14. In this portion of God's word, Jesus is in the middle of a long teaching session that actually started three chapters earlier. And this happened during his last week on earth, knowing his time is limited. He's instructing his followers on how to live after he leaves them. It's kind of like his last wishes. Verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Many of you have probably read this portion of scripture. It's the parable of the talents. What is the it that Jesus is referring to in the first sentence? It will be like a man going on a journey. It is the time period often called the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And Jesus is about to teach what it is like as we live on earth. How do we live in the time between Jesus' life on earth and his second coming at the end of time? And now more than ever with the pandemic and riots going on in our country, we need to heed Jesus' words in this story the kingdom of heaven is now. It's a picture of now from 33 AD to 2020 and continuing on. Jesus knew he was leaving his disciples just like the man in the parable was going on a journey. To understand the meaning behind the parable, we have to understand that the man referred to is God. 
He's the one who entrusts his servants with his property. A talent in ancient times was a unit of weight. One talent, the smallest amount, was about 6,000 days wages, something like 20 years of salary. An extremely wealthy man is entrusting his property to others. The servants to whom he entrusted are God's children. The meaning behind the word talents in the parable is not just monetary. It refers to everything that God entrusts, property, possessions, time, our life, our health, abilities, skills, the earth, everything. We are managers or stewards of what belongs to God. These talents don't belong to us. They're on loan to us. An important thing to notice in verse 15 is how Jesus says, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. The amount entrusted to the servants vary. Some of them are given more than others. But here's a vital truth to be clear on. Talents don't represent faith. They aren't the fundamental gift of salvation. You see, that's the same for every believer. Jesus died for our sins, yours and mine. He rose again so that each and every person that God created can have life with him forever after this life on earth is over. Faith is a free gift and given to all who believe in Jesus as Savior. What Jesus is talking about in this parable of the talents is not faith, but how our faith grows by using all the various gifts and unique abilities and specific opportunities that God gives individuals. These vary from person to person. So let's see what points Jesus will make on how we should manage what is loaned to us. Back to Matthew chapter 25. Look at verse 19 with me. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the 10 talents. Jesus is teaching us how to live now in the kingdom of God until he returns again at the end of time. And he's encouraging Christians to use what is entrusted to them for his glory. Burn off those spiritual calories so we don't become spiritually overweight. The master was pleased with the two servants who used the talents and trusted them and multiplied the value originally given. The master's angry with the servant who didn't do anything with what he was given. Notice he called them wicked and lazy. Since we are God's managers or stewards handling the resources he entrusts to us that belong to God, he expects us to be doing something with them, not just keeping them to ourselves and becoming spiritually obese. Each and every Christian has been entrusted with talents 
that include property, possessions, time, our life, health, natural abilities, and learned skills. And let me tell you, during this time, I've never been as proud of our church to see how we have collectively and individually served our community and one another. It's been such a blessing to hear story after story of how our church is ministering to one another and those who are in need in our community. Just last week, 15 of us or so went up to Midland to help that community from a devastating flood. And we'll be going back again to do the same. And you should have seen the downcast faces of the people who were cleaning up. And when they saw this little army come to help, it was like they got a second wind to finish the job. Wow. Well done, good and faithful servants. Keep it up. What about you? Have you considered how God has gifted you in a special way? Because he has gifted you uniquely to use your gifts in the service of his kingdom. Even little things can mean a lot. What matters is not how much you have been given, but how you use what you've been given. No need to compare your talents to others. Just be faithful what, you, what you've been given. Jesus knows this. This is how our faith grows. This is where I think it's important to pause and consider for a few moments how God has gifted you. Some of you already have a personal ministry that you're blessing others with. Some of you are active in organizations that help others. Some of you know the gifts and talents God has given you and put them into practice regularly. But I know some of you maybe aren't sure what talents, abilities, or natural or acquired skills God has entrusted to you. And some of you know your talents, but maybe you aren't using them for God's purposes. Here's where I'll put my personal trainer hat on and encourage you. Think about what resources you have. Look around you. Ponder what you're good at and ask Jesus, what are you up to around here? What good can I do, Lord? And then take some time to consider your passion, what it is, what energizes you, what area or people do you naturally have empathy for? Whatever your talents, your natural gifts and abilities, your acquired skills, the opportunities God sets before you for love and service, and yes, your money too. These are all the talents you can put to use in God's kingdom. We do this individually in our daily lives and we do it collectively in our life together as the church. Now for me, I'm sure you assume I exercise my talents as a pastor. It's certainly my profession to preach and teach, give spiritual counseling, perform weddings and funerals, visit people in hospitals and do outreach. That's a no-brainer. But that's not all that makes up Tony Bose. You know my passion, it's what? Soccer. And since I'm so crazy about it, I need to also use it to honor God. And I'm constantly building relationships with non-believers. The ones I play with, I have at the right time, I can share my faith and tell the good news to them. There have been countless opportunities on the sidelines, after games and practices, where I've been able to speak about what I believe and why I believe it because I share something in common with these guys who play soccer. They respect me on the field and they're open to hearing about my spiritual life in a way that's not debating or arguing, just genuine care and concern for them. And it's amazing how God can use anything, even soccer, in his kingdom. Think about what unique hobbies you have, skills and passions you have, people you rub shoulders with that God wants to reach out to. He entrusted you uniquely to use you uniquely, each one of you. Please don't be discouraged or think you don't have anything to offer. Not everyone is like the Apostle Paul or the, the 16th century reformer Martin Luther or Billy Graham or Mother Teresa. They were superheroes of faith. No need to compare to them. No need for the servants in Jesus' parable to compare what they were given to each other. 
The master wanted them to each be faithful in what they were given. Whether you think it's a little or a lot. I love the saying, to the world you may be just one person, but to one person you may be the world. It doesn't matter what quantity we're given. God wants us to regularly put our faith into action, burn off our spiritual calories. As I prepared for this message, I considered the talents and gifts of our church staff and all of our volunteers. I love seeing Dave Frank coordinate opportunities for the men of faith to engage in service to our community. I love seeing Don Haney match willing volunteers with ways to serve in our church. I love seeing Autumn Consiglia find the potential women of our congregation to put their faith into action. I love seeing our children's ministry and youth ministry staff and volunteers share God's love with kids of all ages. I love seeing the music ministry staff and volunteers use their musical gifts to bless our church. I love seeing a Patty Jocks and Carol Townsend who are passionate about inner city ministries who give countless opportunities for us to do mission work in downtown Detroit. And I dearly appreciate John Zamzow and Bill Field who assist me administratively in mission work as volunteers. I love seeing Gary and Joanne Luxon, Robert Antelak, our mission trip leaders to Brazil and to Haiti. I love seeing members go to Juarez, Mexico to build homes. I love seeing our members hand out food at our food pantry, teach English to those new to our country, serve behind the scenes in our office and in worship services. I could go on and on. Imagine how pleased our Heavenly Father is. Well done, good and faithful servant. There are so many other vol volunteers and those who serve who I don't even know about. You give your time and abilities in nonprofit ministries or in the private or public sectors. Please don't feel slighted. Your work there is just as important because you've been entrusted and called by God to exercise your spiritual muscles and use your talents there. There are some of you who invest in very private ways. Some literally invest money and donate for God's kingdom work. Some are faithful prayer warriors. Some have a calling to do significant personal ministry to family members or friends. Now here are some random ways you can put your faith into action. It's a long list, so it will fly by quickly on the screen, but don't worry. It'll be written in the description of the video for you to look back at. Smile, it spreads joy. Hold the door for others. Drive someone where they need to go. Buy someone lunch. Mow your neighbor's lawn. Shovel snow from more than your own sidewalk. Write an article that helps people. Teach something specific that you know about. Pick up loose garbage. Be a mentor to someone. Give away your old stuff to others in need. Bring baked goods to someone. Compliment others. Be sportsmanlike on sports teams. Be a friend to those who don't deserve it. Talk to people at parties who look out of place. Stay calm and don't react in arguments. Pray for the, the, pay for the stranger's coffee behind you in line. Share appreciation aloud. Live ethically. Avoid gossip. Handwrite a personal thank you card. Tell stories. Keep your social media posts positive. Forgive. Invite someone over for dinner. Donate blood. Give anonymously. Say hello to strangers. Keep your promises. Pray for others. It's a great list of how to stay spiritually fit. God has entrusted us with property, possessions, time, our life, health, abilities, skills, and more. And when we exercise our faith and we put those talents to work, our faith grows. And when Jesus comes again at the end of time, on the day when we enter heaven, how great will it be to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Now before we end our time together, I know when we consider this topic, not everyone will be ready for a high five from me as their personal trainer. 
I know that my stewardship of the talents entrusted to me hasn't always been that great. I don't always deserve a well-done compliment. I've certainly been wasteful, selfish, and lazy, and spiritually obese at times. And I want to remind you that Jesus will still welcome us into his eternal heavenly joy. Our salvation is not dependent on how much we put our faith into action. It isn't a matter of heaven or hell for us as believers in Jesus. Titus 3, 4 attests to that. It says, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is our God. You and I would have no reward at all were it not for the unfathomable forgiveness, mercy, and grace of God for Jesus' sake. He declares you and me forgiven of all our sins and puts us on a path to grow in our faith by exercising it. That's the motivation we have. We don't have to put our faith into action. We get to. We want to. It's out of gratitude to the Lord. He's entrusted us with what belongs to Him in the first place that causes us to want to be good managers or stewards. And then amazingly, God will reward us one day eternally in spite of our many failures. What a gracious Lord we have. Faith family, I know this has been a challenging time. There are so many hardships this coronavirus pandemic has created. Some are struggling more than others, financially, physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually. Some have missed out on once in a lifetime events and milestones, graduations, birthdays, weddings, funerals. Please know we have been praying for you. And one of my prayers is that you're using this time to take in a consistent diet of spiritual food, watching online church weekly, reading God's word, or books that you wanted to read but couldn't because you were too busy, busy listening to Christian radio and talking to the Lord regularly. If you haven't been, it's time to increase your spiritual calorie intake. Don't get malnourished during this adversity. Then if you haven't already put your faith into practice or, or you know you can step it up a notch, Find ways to go burn off those spiritual calories. If you need any assistance maintaining a balanced spiritual diet, reach out to me or anyone on staff. We're honored to help. Call, leave a message, email any one of us on staff. We want to be sure you're being spiritually fed and that your faith gets adequate exercise. We want your faith to grow during this unprecedented time. So would you ask God this week, what can I do in gratitude for all that you've done, Lord? Putting my faith in the practice, in my family, my neighborhood, in our church, our community, in the world. And then, let's see how God multiplies that and see our faith grow. Can I get an amen? Amen. Would you pray with me? Thank you so much, God, that you've called each one of us to be your children. In our baptism, you have made us yours. You have changed our hearts of stone and made us new creations. You put a new spirit in us to want to do what you've called us to. Lord, use us. Help us use what you have given in ways that will bless your kingdom here in our homes, communities, and the world. Holy Spirit, give us that compulsion to put into practice what we've learned. Help us to know that Jesus always loves us no matter what. Give us your blessing this week to grow and exercise the faith you put in us. In Jesus' name, all God's people say, amen.